We are so very, very honored to be here. Can you hear me? No? Yes? Okay, it's on. I just said we're just really honored to be here and uh, think about you guys all the time. Pray for you too from Israel. And we're really grateful for your support and your prayers because I know when you send that support in, it comes in with lifting us up in prayer. And in Israel, the Lord has opened up a wide door (laughs) to minister. In fact, I'd I'd like to be a little less busy in my retirement years. (laughs) But it seems like I'm getting more busy than I've ever been in my whole life. And the demands are great. But they're going to be greater still when we go back. Because we have a lot of trauma in our nation right now. We have huge needs in our hospitals right now. We have a need for medical people. We have a need for every type of of, uh, care for wounded, for traumatized. In fact, we had this trip planned already, way before uh, this incursion happened, this atrocity happened on October the 7th, is when the enemy came in. These were not people coming in. These were demons coming into the nation of Israel because they burned people alive. They shot people dead all over citizens. They went in. They murdered babies. In one community, they took 40 babies and dismembered them alive and cut off their head at the end. Tell me that's not a demon. How could any human do that? And people would lock themselves in their safe room so they just would throw a grenade or or start a fire and burn them alive. They found so many people. This happened October 7th, October 8th. We had a ticket to leave. I'm packing my suitcase on (laughs) on the bed at 5 o'clock because we had to leave late at night. And my phone went bing, bing, and I got a message from the airline, your flight is canceled. Every airline pulled out except for LL. That's the Israeli airline. That's the only airline in all of Israel with all the tourists coming in for Feast of Tabernacles. You can't imagine the horror at the airport. Unbelievable. So anyway, we managed to get out. And while we came here, we started getting messages. Can you come? Can you do music? One friend of mine is the... And I'll finish because I know you have a lot to share. (laughs) Because I could talk all day. But um, the, uh, fr- a very dear friend of ours whose mother is a survivor of four concentration camps, she's a professor and she heads up the Department of Trauma using the arts. So w- during incursions and wars, they call Alyosha and I, as they bust in the women and children from the border of Gaza, they bust them out of all the sirens and all the trauma and the explosions, and they bring them to the campus that's really, you know, about an hour, 45 minutes from our house. And they ask us, would you take the whole day? Would you bring with you a team of musicians and singers and dancers so that we could minister to these, to these victims of trauma? And so we've done that in the past. Well, we just got another uh, email or a text message from my friend. Her name is Hailey. Jody, will you come? Can you come? We need you now. I got another message from another friend whose daughter was murdered years ago by terrorists, the same kind of murder. 
And she says, Jody, where are you? Can you come? I need you. It's like, okay, I'm not there now, <laughs> but we're coming back. And um, I'll just share this and then I'll, I'll sit down. <laughs> when I was single, God gave me a dream. And, you know, the Lord uses dreams, doesn't he? How many of you have had dreams that were, that you can say, this was a dream from the Lord and this was a directive dream? And the Lord gave me a dream while I was single and he, he took me uh, uh, on a river, on the embankment of a river. It went, the embankment broke off and I was going down this muddy, turbulent river and that river brought, brought uh, me to this house that was being built on the bank of the river. I thought, who would build a house on the bank of a river? you got to be crazy because the you know, rivers get swell and they wash out the uh, uh, foundations. And I got down on my knees on that little piece of ground that I was floating down the river on. I looked under and I saw, oh, there were big pillars into the soil. And uh, I thought, oh, these people know what they're doing. They planted their house here. It's dangerous, but they've secured the, <laughs> the poles. And uh, I got to the uh, house, and this man opens the door for me, and he says, come on in. This is, I'm glad you're here, because I know the ways of the river, and I know the ways of the land. And um, I, I went into the house, and it was a big living room with a kitchen that opened up into the living room with a lot of light coming in the house, and, and there was a window over the sink that had red and blue, and those two colors mixed and made purple, and it the sunlight was coming through the kitchen window, filling the rest of the house with those royal colors. And then on the top, was a, a, the, it was a triangle-shaped uh, window bringing in those colors that were beveled. And at the top was clear glass bringing in the golden rays that filled the whole top of the house inside with golden rays. I looked, I thought, wow, this is my place. This is my place and that, that kitchen. There's something about me and kitchens and <laughs> I've been called to hospitality since I was this big. And, um, and, and so I knew. And then he says, well, let me show you around the house. And I knew that was my husband because I was single and I was praying for my husband. <laughs> and so he, he got it. He showed me the, the bedroom. There were big sliding glass doors. And all of a sudden, I, and he said, well, it's a good thing you came when you did because if you went straight down that river, the river turns and it throws people against the embankment and they die. And he says, good thing you're here because I know the ways of the river. And then suddenly I looked out that, that sliding glass door and I saw a little baby boy and he was flailing his arms. He was on his back going down that river about to hit his death. And, and I said, I need to go. I need to go help that, that little baby boy. And, he, and, and the man that was there said, no, no, I'm going. I know the ways of the land and I know the ways of the river. Let me go. And he ran out to get that baby. And then I woke up and the Lord took me through Isaiah 40 through 66. For four hours, he gave me the revelation of all that that meant for me in my life. And my calling and my destiny was to be in the land of Israel when many people were dying and going to their deaths. And my husband would be involved in reaching them <laughs> in a way. And we had a house to bring them into filled with his glory and filled with his presence. And it's so amazing because God brought us to Zikron Yaakov and we didn't, we just knew we loved this, this town. It was very, was built by Romanian Jews before, uh, in, in the eight, late 1800s. And we, you know, this is where God 
planted us. He, he pulled us there. He drew us there. And uh, then we found out there is a kibbutz. That's a community of, of people there that are not Jewish, that are Christians, that the Israeli government put their stamp on because they came after the war and said, we want to serve you from Germany. We want to serve the Jewish people. We're not here to evangelize. We will give a covenant that we will not evangelize except by how we live except by how we live because we're here to lay our lives down for you and these people have come and they lay their lives down for the Israelis and their engineers have made uh, every for every single vehicle in the Israeli defense forces they have made uh, air filtration systems for the tanks for the cars for the trucks so that they said if it's up to us you will never be gassed again and we're here to, to make that happen. And so we found out this kibbutz was there. And the lady who started it was a, pro, a prophetic anointed woman of God who led her to Zikran Yaakov. And God spoke to her and said, this, will, this city will be a Goshen of God. It will be a safe place in end times. And I will rescue people here in this town. And they have helped us. When we had to put a lift in in our house, they came and put the electricity in and built the cement. You can't believe. And, um, and so for such a time as this, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because of all that you enable us to do by sending your funds, because we could never afford ourselves to rent this house <laughs> in, in which we can seat 50 people in the living room. Busloads of survivors, Holocaust survivors, are being bussed into our house. <laughs> so... In our living room is a grand piano that was brought from Ormond Beach (laughs) as a weapon of warfare. And it is worship. Worship is the highest form of warfare. There is nothing like worship that cuts through the heavens and brings the presence of God. And so in our living room, we have that in, that weapon of warfare, and that river flows right out our window and goes to all the region <laughs> as we pray and we worship and we believe God. And, and the Lord has opened up the doors for the Holocaust survivors in hospitals, in residences, in psychiatric hospitals, children's villages, and most recently, the Lord started to open up a door for me to go in and minister to the ultra ultra religious i can't believe it myself it's like is this really happening the guys with the big fur hats you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm serious these are the ultra ultra religious and it's so amazing to reach them so here (laughs) you could tell i could just talk all day but this is the best part (laughs) don't you think so, yeah, and I want to say this, that it's not easy to be here. I know people want us to be safe, but, you know, to be safe is to be in his presence. People are dying here on the roads. People are, you know, our lives is not in our hands. So when we are in the will of God, that's what we need to be. And uh, I know that God sent us here because it was planned um, in advance, and I wish I was there. Um, I also, you know, Jody said that my piano is my um, weapon. You know, during COVID times, I used to sit at the piano, and you know, I, I look right uh, to the window and see this beauty of Mediterranean Sea. 
right through. And, and I would receive music from the Lord and create videos to, uh, um, to bring comfort to people that are panicking. You know. And uh, I, it's, I feel sad that I can't do it right now over here. I don't have any equipment, so I can't wait to get back there and uh, fight too. We all fight in a different ways. Do you realize that this war is not just between Israel and Palestinians? This, this is the war, a spiritual war, where the kingdom of Satan is warring against the kingdom of God. And that means you are part of that war too. We have all, when we came to the Lord, we have not just got saved, but we have joined the army where everyone has their own ways of um, fighting. You know, there are soldiers that fight with weapons, but our warfare is with, with their tools, spiritual tools that God has given to us. And we're all called to fight right now. Because uh, it's not just Israel, but you see, Israel, why Israel? People have been thinking, why do, what do, I, why do we need Israel? I just, all I need is Yeshua, and I come to Him, my sins are forgiven, my destiny is assured in heaven. Why do I need to bother with Israel? But you see, the message of the Bible, I will tell you this, it's not salvation. Salvation is a part of bigger message. The bigger message is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is a larger message. It includes salvation. It includes personal salvation. It includes uh, national salvation. But, it, but, but the, the, the foundation of the kingdom is the reign of the king. Not in heaven, but here on earth. Why do we pray kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven? Because we're all going to be raised from the dead. If we and when we raise from the dead, we're coming back to physical world. Physical world does not go away. Read the prophets. They say um, that John said, I saw new heavens and new earth. In Hebrew, it can be translated renewed. Not that God has to destroy this earth. He's just going to renew it. He's going to uh, wipe out all this man's uh, you know, sin that, that man has built you know, on, on the direction of Satan. And this, this earth, this wonderful earth, belongs to him. The prophet says, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. And this is why there's a battle against Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Remember Zechariah, and if you read the prophets, in Zechariah chapter 3, there's just high priest Joshua in filthy garments standing there, and Satan's next to him, wants to accuse him, and the Lord, remember what the Lord is saying there? He said, the Lord rebuke you. But he doesn't say just the Lord rebuke you. He adds two more, another phrase. The Lord's that chose Jerusalem rebuke you. Even Satan wants to know that Jerusalem is chosen by God. Why? Because one day it's going to be capital of God's kingdom. And one day this will be a center of God's glory. Because this is not just salvation of Israel. This is salvation of the world. And the reason God, Satan wants to wipe out Jews all over the world because he knows if the Jews come back and the Israel is restored and Jerusalem is back there and God's bringing Jews back so they could find him there. 
So, so the enemy wants to kill us because the enemy wants to stop the plan of God to rule over the entire world. So the, there is a war against the kingdom of God. And if we need to understand this, we need to ask the Lord, how do we pray? How do we intercede? How do we fight in worship? And, um, and you see, we, uh, before we left, we had one meeting, and the scripture came uh, through. We have a friend whose name is Rimona. She's almost close, like, okay. See, in Hebrew, Rimon means pomegranate. <laughs> but, Ra- but Ramon, Ramon, you Ramon, it means high, lifted up. So it's, it's two different words, but they connect <laughs> in some ways. So we have Ramona and Ephraim. They're two precious leaders in our group. And, and um, they have some kind of gadget that uh, every day pops up different verse electronically. But for a week, for some reason, this verse was coming back, the same verse. And, and that verse is, found, verse is found in Psalm let me see if you can get the psalms here. Psalm number 16. That's a very special psalm to me because um, two years ago when I was really sick with COVID, um, I was by myself in Chicago in my mother's apartment and I memorized it in Hebrew and I meditated on it. Um, because especially there's a special verse for me where it says, I have set the Lord always before me because he's on my right. I will not be moved. And, and uh, it's just that verse teaches me, position yourself so that God can speak to you. you know, it's a, um, but the, the verse that came up, the, what I quoted is verse 8, but the verse that came up is verse 6. And uh, I want to read verse 5 before verse 6 because it will make sense. Uh, uh, Psalm uh, 16. He said, the Lord, and actually, when we read the word Lord, it's actually the name of God. And, and you know, God wants us to know his name. And uh, it's, uh, some say Yahweh, we prefer to say Yahweh. It's, uh, we have reasons for that. Um, but it says, Yahweh, he is my portion of my inheritance and my cup. And you maintain my lot. That's verse 5. And then it says, The lines have fallen to me. Where? In the pleasant places. And this strange word, yeah, which I don't know why they put it in there. That's not in Hebrew. <laughs> um, and then it says, I have a goodly inheritance. Okay. So, this word lines... It also means ropes or chavelim. Chevel in Hebrew is line. But you know that in Hebrew language, the same word can have more meanings. And they're linked. Chevel also means tribulations and birth pangs. And as a matter of fact, in the modern Hebrew, do you know the word terrorist? Mechabel, that word hevel, is inside, inside the word terrorist. So what does it mean that my boundaries, my lines, has to do something with tribulation, 
or birth pains. Well, you see, the result of this, what? Pleasant places. God wants to bring out of this birth pains. Remember Yeshua said, talked about birth pains before the Lord comes? Could it be that the birth pains are beginning now? That, that the result from God's perspective, we've got to see it from God's perspective. As something pleasant will come up. I honestly believe that the more Jews will get saved after this. Yes. This is for salvation. This is, you know, because people are asking us why IDF wasn't there. Why, what, what happened to our government? Right now, this is not the questions we need to ask. We, because we, we have an enemy to confront. Later on, we can ask these questions. But the big question, why did God allow this? And unless we understand God's plan, it's, you know, we're just going to look down and, and try to figure out things with our mind. But God has a bigger plan for the earth. And, you know, if I were God, I would do things differently, but I'm not God. So I have to trust him. That he knows what is needed for the kingdom. And this is why it's not just for him, it's for us. You remember how um, when, when God brings Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones, and you know, he sees all these bones and they were very dry. What does it mean, very dry? I mean, they could be as dead as they could be. And why is he showing the dead bones? Because this chapter is about the greatest thing that God wants to bring into our world, and that is resurrection. The message of resurrection is the message of the kingdom. And he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel could have been arrogant. He says, oh, yes, or no. But Ezekiel gives him a very wise answer. And in English it says, Lord, you know. Even with that, it's good. You know, shows his humility. God, you know. But you know, um, there's only maybe one or two translators translated it correctly. Because it doesn't say, Lord, you know. This word know in the past tense. Lord, you have known. You've, you've already established everything. It's just, I put total trust in, what, in your knowledge. That's what Ezekiel is saying. And this is what we have to say now. I'm going to put trust in what you, not just know now, what you have known. Because uh, otherwise uh, we can break down. Because this world is breaking down. If you, if you are, have not noticed in the last couple of years, the mystery Babylon is putting itself together. And if you focus too much on the news, you've got to balance that news with the prophets. And prophets are, I, I, believe me, prophets are the most important right now for the kingdom. Because prophets have explained, let, let me show you this uh, scripture. Uh, let's go to the New Testament here. Acts chapter 3, it's after Peter and John did a miracle by raising a man that was lame. It gives Peter a chance to speak about Yeshua who was crucified, rose from the dead. And then he's saying this, and I'm sure many of you know this passage really well. 
But I want to point to something here. He's saying in verse 19, Repent therefore and be changed. And you know the word repent in Hebrew, shuva bitshva, turn back. Turn, turn around, you know, so. And be changed. It also means return. Repent means return. That your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Yeshua HaMashiach, you call him Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, and look, look, listen to this, whom heaven must receive, because it tells us when he's going to come back. Whom heaven must receive until, that's a very important word, until when? The times of restoration. And you check the, the Greek word, it's even a better word, not even restoration, return. The times of return. In other words, something that existed in the past is coming back. What is it that we know? And he says, the time of return of all things. What are the old things? Which things? Sometimes people get guess, what is God restoring? What is God returning? But here it says specifically, all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. And the reason we don't understand all things because we don't read the prophets. Prophets of old. And I tell you, one of the my favorite prophets is the prophet of Zechariah. You know why? Because in 14 chapters he outlined the entire plan of God uh, of establishment of the kingdom. People come from the exile, first exile that Israel had in Babylon for 70 years. God brings them back. They come to Jerusalem. They see Jerusalem's in ruins, temples in ruins. They try to rebuild the temple, but they have opposition. The enemy is, is fighting. The enemy is writing to the king. The work stops, and God is sending two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. We call him Zechariah. Zechariah means remembrance, yeah, of God. God remembers. And he tells them, what do you look here? It seems nothing to you. We said, don't despise the days of small beginning. What you're doing here is going to result in the salvation and redemption of the entire world. Because one day this is going to be a place of the glory of God. Don't stop, guys. And that's what the prophet is coming to turn them back on the past. You know, you, you may think that what you do is small and insignificant, but you don't understand that if, if you... Because, you see, God is not establishing his kingdom all by himself. It's, we call it in Hebrew, shituf together with us. If, if we align with his plan, with his mind, if we know him, if we know who he is, if we know his ways and understanding and seek him, uh, then he is going to... Use us, whatever he, gifts he gave us, for directions, is, we're going to be part of the building of this incredible kingdom. So we can understand this life is temporary, but there's something that's ahead, is waiting, is so incredible. And Zechariah, for that purpose, even includes some purpose, some, some verses. How is it going to be when the king reigns? But he does tell that this. Mystery Babylon is going to rise very high. 
chapter 5 of Zechariah talks about a woman whose name is wickedness. It talks about, then, then she becomes two women. Because, and they're, they're Babylon because they, are, they return to the land of Shinar. And that's when Nimrod started to build the first Babel, Babylon, where, where, where the languages were confused. And, you know. and, um, but it says to, to the women, we're giving um, wings of a stork. Why stork? Because you see, storks come to Israel. We see them. We go watch. You know, come from Europe. They stop there and they go um, <clears throat> south. These are the birds that fly very high. And so God will allow this Babylon to 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 rise up to a certain level. Why would He do it? Because He cannot establish His kingdom until until He judges the wickedness, until He gets rid of wickedness. But then you connect it with Revelation 19, where Yeshua comes up on on, on the white horse and He defeats this. He's going to defeat the enemy. He's going to come. You know, He's coming more than to one place. He's going to come to Mount of Olives, but He's also coming to Valley of Yehoshaphat, which is Jezreel Valley. Yehoshaphat means Yehovah, a judge. He's going to judge the nations that come against Jerusalem. And there will be a great slaughter of this wicked. Derek Prince years ago prophesied that the vultures will come back to Israel because they have to, you know, remember that, that verse where the bodies, the vultures got together? Well, guess what? The vultures are back. And we, go to, we, we went to, I have videos of them, a place called Gamla. We went, uh, and actually, in the Bible, they translate with the word eagle, but eagles are not present in Israel. Vulture is a very similar bird. Looks, it flies the same way. Um, the word is nesher. It's a king bird of Israel. And they're magnificent when they fly. They don't flap their wings. They're totally carried by the wind. When God told Israel, I took you out of Egypt on the wings of eagle, and actually wings, wings of vulture. That's not. Hmm? And carry you by the spirit out of slavery. And where does God bring you? And I, you know, what's the destination of Israel? The promised land? No, he said, I brought you to myself. Because God is the ultimate destination. <laughs> out of slavery. So, um, I see so many things I want to say, but we want to let God move through worship. What I, what you, what I want to tell you this, Prophet Zechariah, chapter 2, but um, I think in your Bible it's, it's chapter 1, uh, verse 18. In, in Hebrew Bible it starts with new chapter, but the same verse. The, Zechariah sees a vision of four horns. Remember reading something like that? Four horns. Horns is a symbol of strength and power. And the angel explains to Zacharias that these horns, horns they scattered Israel and Jerusalem. And four represents the entire world. So all these nations came and scattered Israel and Jerusalem. But then he gives him a vision of four craftsmen. It translates uh, craftsmen or artisans, depending on what version you have. 
In Hebrew, you have the word harashim. Literally, harash is somebody who cuts a stone. But what is very interesting is that, okay, I'll tell you where it ends, but these four harashim, these four craftsmen, they uh, terrified these four horns and sent them back. They, they, they scattered them. So there is this four craftsmen that rise up to find the powers of this satanic world that come against God's kingdom. And we see this war. So who is this craftsman? Harash. Well, first time you find that is in Exodus 31, where God chooses two men, Bezalel, or Bezalel, you said, and Aholiav, to do what? To, to, he fills them with wisdom and understanding to build a tabernacle. And what is tabernacle? Tabernacle. You see, when God created the world, he made this physical world. In the beginning, God creates heavens and the earth. That means God lives in a different world. He doesn't need heavens and the earth and physical. He, he lives outside. But he creates this wonderful universe for us to live. And then he's going to come to us and he's going to ask us, okay, in the world that I gave you, will you make a space for me? Ultimately, he wants to live in you and me, but the first place for habitation of God was this tabernacle. So he anoints a man with wisdom and knowledge to make a place for God in our world. So exciting. You know what Bezalel, we pronounce Bezalel, mean? Be is in, tzel, shadow, el, God, in the shadow of God. But what is more exciting is that the word tzel, which translates as uh, shadow, very close to the word tzelem, and tzelem means image. So when God made a man in the image of God, but tzelem Elohim, you can also translate it in the image of God. So what does it mean to be in the image of God? It's something so exciting because God is a creator. And he's a big creator. And he gave us this gift of creativity. He's a big creator. We're little creators. But this gift of creativity is given to every man to be a co-builder of his kingdom here on earth to build a habitation for God. So you realize that the worshipers that, 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 that provide this space for God's presence are this harashim? Do you realize that what worship does in the spirit realm? We, talk, we talked about the last battle in the valley of Jehoshaphat. Who was Jehoshaphat? I have you say in English, forget. Jehoshaphat, yeah? God is a judge. Remember the, the battle, Second Chronicles chapter 2, where Israel was facing two nations and, and there were numerals, and God comes to uh, Jehoshaphat and he says, this battle is the Lord. Stay, stay see the salvation of God. And as people of Judah begin to sing and worship, the enemy turn on each other. This is how the, the, the last battle before the establishment of the kingdom will be the same thing. The worshipers will be the main warriors. And 
this, especially when it comes to the prophetic worship with a new song, you don't realize what happens, how we battle in the spirit. We just need to know who we are in Him. The true sons and daughters of the living God. And what I want to do, because I really want to leave this time so that we worship and I want to release prophetic music as well and, and Jody and some other could interpret. But maybe we could start uh, singing one Hebrew song. Uh, but, uh, and it's okay. You can just hum and, and just... You can, put your own, your, you can put your own words. You can put your own words. And, and I just want to use that song as a prophet, as a launch into let the Spirit of God take us some, into some area. Uh, you know, as I and I, but the, the, not the first one there. Hallelujah. Uh, when the Lord comes back, we'll all be speaking Hebrew. <laughs> it's a holy language. There's no curse words in Hebrew. So when an Israeli wants to curse, they have to borrow a curse word from another language. <laughs> it is a holy language. And I will praise him, and I will praise him. And God is inhabiting the praises of the people. That's when we sing again.
airplanes to pick up Jews that were willing to fight in this war. 300,000. <laughs> 700,000 now. 700,000 brought back to the land to fight in this battle. What for? For our very existence. It is not a little war. Seven, over 7,000 rockets have come into Israel. What would the United States do? Slap somebody's hand? And so there's a battle. And I believe some of you are in a battle too in your lives here because we're all in a battle. Tell me one person that's not in a battle. But I want to tell you, you have victory. And a lot of that victory depends on your faith, on your believing God, and you're saying, yes, Lord. Some of you can jump out of wheelchairs. Some of you can throw away your crutches because God will give you the power and the strength. And I want to tell you that when we go in and we begin to worship with some of these people that are in wheelchairs, everybody's in a wheelchair in some of these residences. Not one person can walk. And we've watched people get out of their wheelchair and the and the nurses don't know what to do. They're, they're standing around. Oh my God, they're out of the wheelchair. I'm thinking, go, go, get out of that wheelchair. Make that determination. And uh, yesterday I was watching this little video about a little boy and he had, to, he had a challenge and he had to climb up this slide and then grab a hold of this area and pull himself up. And he couldn't do it. He, he was a little boy and he was really trying that that poor little boy. He just, he just crumbled when he, and he was hurting himself. And he just, he just thought, I can't do this. And he just sat on that little ground and with his head down, his father came up and began to speak the word of life to him. And he said, said son you can do it he said son you are great he said son you have just say i am i am able he, he made his son repeat at the affirmations of his true identity and so that little boy got up and that little boy ran up that slide and he grabbed a hold of the, the, the place where he could grab and he pulled himself up and he did it with such strength and power. Why? Because he believed he could. Because he believed he could. So what is God calling you to do? What is he calling? Everybody has a calling. Everybody has a destiny. And if you don't have a challenge in your life, something's wrong. Because if we're going to grow, we've got to go, we got to go higher. <laughs> we got to keep, we can't get stuck between the, the glory realms. <laughs> we have to press in and press on and believe God to take us where we've never been before. What we never could do before. And the Lord says, you can do it. You can do it. Just begin to believe. What is your challenge? What is it that you need to do? What is it that is in your heart to do? Get out of that chair. (laughs) Turn the TV off. (laughs) Turn your computers off. (laughs) And begin to do something with your life because God has greatness for the believers. He has great. Why? Because we carry his name. We carry his name. It is upon our brow. He called us by name. And he knew us from the beginning, even before we were yet in existence, because he's the God of forever. He doesn't wear a watch and he doesn't even have a calendar. And he is there for us. He formed us in our mother's womb. He designed every part of us, our identity, our personality, our, 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 our form. He knew it all and he, he took great delight. He didn't, he didn't make any junk. 
<laughs> you know, we every cell in your body has light around it. Did you know that? That you're a creation of light, <laughs> and the light giver made us to be filled with His glory and to be filled with His light. And I want to tell you, if you believe that, and you put down the lies under your feet. Any lies that you have been given or spoken, if you were never affirmed by your parents and you were never told you're precious, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're lovely, you're capable. If you were never told that and you believed a lie that you were just something the cat dragged in, you need to take that lie and put it under your feet and take the true identity of God and put it on. And the glory of God will begin to expand from your life. From your very being, and when you walk into a room, God says, "You're you're my light. <laughs> you're a lighthouse and a beacon, and you've brought you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And the greater the battle, the greater the glory. The greater the battle, the greater the glory. So let your light so shine forth before all men that they could what." Give glory to the Father in heaven, Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the greater our battle, the greater the glory, and God wants us all to be raised up and empowered. You know, if we're pounded down, then just get up and make a determination in your heart to arise for such a time as this, and it's a time for arising. It really is. It's a time for believers to shine as never before because we're not going into better days. If you think we're just going to go into better days and everything's going to be wonderful and no problems, excuse me, that's not what I read in the Bible. <laughs> But God has a company. God has a remnant. He has a remnant in every nation. He has a remnant that will be willing to say yes, Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna represent your name. I'm gonna carry your glory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for people. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna find out what the needs are, and I'm gonna make myself available. You know, there are so. If you're bored, something's wrong. I'm serious. What does the word boredom mean? I have no idea. <laughs> There's too much to do. There are so many people who are hurting. So many people who are broken. So many people who have had losses, amazing losses, and you could come along their side and just be Yeshua, be Jesus for them. For such a time as this, you are born, you are brought into this kingdom for such a time as this. So don't waste anything. You know what? I carry a bag of hearts in my purse, and I and if I run out, I go to a, a store and I I find out what kind of little hearts I can get. <laughs> And I take out that little heart when I check out of every whatever store I'm in. Doesn't matter if it's an Arab, a Muslim. They're covered in their heads. A lot of the stores I shop at,、uh, they're all Muslim clerks. And I, and I ask them what their name is, and, I, and then I try to find out what their name means in, for the Lord, for the kingdom. And I'll give them a heart, and I'll say, you know what? The one who created you gave you that name, and He loves you, and He knows you. And I represent Israel as a Jew to a Muslim, because they can get saved too. <laughs> God has a remnant. 
He has a remnant among all peoples. And I love, you know what? I love the Muslims. They are my family. These are my relatives. <laughs> They don't know it yet. <laughs> But one day, one day, when the Lord returns, they will, they, they will know and there will be peace. And so for such a time as this, I want to pray with you right now. Because I believe the Lord is speaking to hearts and, and things are going to change for you. Things are going to change because there's going to be a decision made right now. A determination to stop letting the enemy <laughs> have his way and, and to undo the lies of the enemy. It's, it's really time right now to undo the lies of the enemy because you are so precious and so beautiful and so special and so anointed. There's not one person who doesn't have some area of gifting and anointing. And you're needed. You're needed for the kingdom. You're needed for his name's sake. You're needed for his name's sake. And so, Father, I just thank you right now. Let's just come into divine agreement. So if you've had, a, a, you know, any kind of... Uh, a belt around you to stop you or any kind of hindrance any kind of wall I believe that the walls need to come down right now and the decision is going to be made right now for you to go forward and do great things for the kingdom and, and really be used of God it might be with a clerk in Walmart it might be at Giant or Publix <laughs> it might be at the gas station I don't know it might be your neighbor but the Lord wants to really move through your life right now And he wants you to walk in your full identity as a blood-bought daughter of the Most High, as a blood-bought son of the Most High, that you have a call. You're precious. You're anointed. You're special. You're strong. You're smart. You're powerful. You're good-looking, too. <laughs> so, so, Father, in the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus, the Mighty One of Israel, we pray right now and we receive your empowerment right now. Just take it, take it, take it. Catch it. Go ahead take it take it just say I am empowered I'm empowered by God say it I'm empowered by God I'm special I'm anointed I'm gifted I'm precious I carry your light Lord and your light is expanding <laughs> your light is expanding from me and when I walk into a room I'm going to light up the room <laughs> <laughs> because I'm there and I've been called I've been called for such a time as this and I'm not backing up I'm not backing up <laughs> I'm pressing forward in my divine destiny and I decide today I've made a decision today to take the full measure <laughs> of what you've given to me in power in strength and the anointing of God which represents his joy for the oil of joy has been given to me even this day for the garment of heaviness hallelujah and I choose today to walk I'm going to walk <laughs> I'm walking out of the old <laughs> and I'm walking into the new And I can do all things through you, Lord. Everything you've given to me, 
everything you've called me to do I can do and I will do and I will learn new things and I will take new ground for your kingdom in the name of Jesus Amen <laughs> Hallelujah Hallelujah the Father, in Jesus' name, we have been blessed, we have been taught, we have been anointed, we have been given life, new life, light to light up every cell of our body. We thank you, Abba, Father, for this couple. We thank you for the love, for the, the prophetic, the everything. <laughs> and God, we just pray over this couple. Put your hands out to them, please. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father that the things that are going to happen from this day forward, whether they're in America, Germany, Israel, Russia, Ukraine, wherever they go, Lord God, where? We just got invited to China. China. They're going to China. God, we thank you that you have already gone before them and prepared the way. You will be their rear guard. You will command their your angels to guard them in everything they do, that they would not even, their foot would not even be injured. Their hands, their hearts, their minds, their bodies will be totally protected by the shell of your Holy Spirit anointing, God. That they would be used by you to bring many to, Lord, to you, Lord, because it's a matter of life and death. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name. Amen. want to share one last thing about the dream that I had remember okay remember uh, the dream there was a little baby boy and he was going to his death and uh, and and when I woke up I went through Isaiah 40 through 66 and the very last chapter of Isaiah 66 was the very key to that dream and it's about a baby boy and the Lord says about this baby boy, shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord. And then it goes on to say that that baby boy represents the sons of God. <laughs> it's not just one baby. It's many. And when you receive the Lord in your heart as your Messiah, your King, your Deliverer, your Savior, your everything, your life, your breath, your everything, and in him you live and move and have your being, you're actually part of this nation called Israel. You're part of us. You're not a separate entity. God is calling a Ruth generation that says, your people will be my people. Your God is my God. And Jerusalem is our capital, by the way. <laughs> and we do have, you know, uh, we have the natural branches, but we have engrafted branches who have engrafted themselves and become a part of the commonwealth of Israel. So we are deeply, covenantally connected. So whatever happens to Israel is happening to you. It, this is something you must understand. It's really important. And I want to um, uh, introduce, is Brittany here? Did she leave? Oh, there. Brittany, would you, would you come up here and, and, and just uh, let me, and I don't, your son, I guess, Jos, Josiah, I think, is in the children's uh, church back there. 
So I want to introduce you to Brittany. Brittany has come along our side, and she's like a daughter, mm. and I love her so much. And um, she's become this our representative here in the United States for Song of Israel. She handles all of our, uh, our donations that come in and make sure we get we get those funds so that we can keep running what we're doing and 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 <laughs> paying for our bills. And and this lady will send out books and send out CDs and do all that and. She's uh, uh, she's really went through a lot of challenges, so I just want to say a little prayer for her right now because she's a really special woman who's had some really uh, great challenges in her life. And and so, Father, we just thank you for Brittany, and we uh, ask you, Father, to really uh, bless her, to strengthen her, to increase her uh, her backbone, Father, her ability to stand. We pray over these knees that they will not buckle uh, under the stress, under all the challenges and responsibilities that you've had to have. And we just declare over your life, Brittany, that you shall live and move and have your being in the Lord, and you shall overcome and be more than a conqueror, more than victorious because you're a blood-bought daughter of Zion, special, anointed, beautiful, gifted, outrageously smart, (laughs) creative, (laughs) and able to do all things through him who loves you and gave his life for you. In the precious name of Yeshua, amen. Amen. So bless Brittany. She'll be back at the table. Love you, girl. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to tell you... You better rush back there and get those CDs because you hear, you felt the anointing of God touching your very deepest part of your being. Please get them. The When you buy these books and CDs, it also funds the ministry. So God bless you. Go with God. And uh, remember to touch somebody's life this week. Touch somebody's life for Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.